Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, October the 14th. And welcome to our commentary. Welcome to our podcast. One of the things that we like to do is to talk to Cubans or Cuban-Americans, Cubans of my parents' generation, or Cuban-Americans like me who came here as youngsters and grew up in the United States, but still had a great love for Cuba, the country where we were born. And today we're going to be chatting uh, with someone of my parents' generation, the other generation, the ones who came here first and brought us as kids to the United States. And I'm talking about a gentleman by the name of Castulo Gregorish. Now, I have a special connection to this man, as you will hear uh, in the podcast, because he actually met me. I don't remember him, to be honest, but he met me when I was a little boy in Cuba. Uh, because Castulo and my father worked in the same bank, Banco Continental Cubano. Uh, so they knew each other back then. At the time, Castulo was a very young man, maybe uh, 18, 19, 20 years old. He was a, a young banker at the time. My father was about 10 to 15 years older. My father was already in, uh, in management uh, at the branch. But nevertheless, they met. And, uh, you know, eventually, like a lot of Cubans of that generation, they left Cuba. They left with their families, just like I came with my parents. He left, uh, Castulo left with his wife and child. And we're going to hear about all of this in our conversation uh, today because we want you to learn and hear the story of Cuban Americans and Cubans here in the United States. So here's the story of a Cuban who turned his anguish and his nostalgia about Cuba into poetry. And he's been writing about Cuba through his poetry over the years. So here is uh, the interview that we did years ago, but uh, I want you to, to listen to it now and enjoy it uh, one more time. in Dallas. It's, it's really a great honor for me to uh, to introduce our first guest uh, today, Castulo Gregorich. Mr. Castulo, how are you? How are you doing, Fabio? Absolutely great. You know, we, um, you and I have a connection that is so, so interesting. And I just want to share with this with the audience. You know, I mentioned my book, uh, Cubanos in Wisconsin, and I mentioned in the book that when we were in Cuba, uh, I tell the story of my mom taking us uh, to see my father at the bank, at the branch, where he was at the time uh, either the assistant manager or the manager. I don't quite remember. But anyway, um, my mother would take us down there, and uh, little did I know that there was a young man in that branch who was working there uh, by the name of Castillo Gregorish, who was maybe 18 years old, 19 years old at the time, a young man, and that many years later I would have this gentleman in my show to do an interview. So I have to tell you, this is really for me a, a, an amazing coincidence that you knew me when I was a little boy running around that branch, uh, my mom probably holding on to me and, and my brother so that we wouldn't uh, create a lot of problems. So uh, 
that's something that, that I had to say. What an amazing connection that is, uh, Castillo. Yeah, that was in about 1957, if I remember correctly. That's right. Some, some in that in that time frame. We, our family had, yeah, our that. family had just moved to Havana. Um, and if you're familiar with our story, we grew up in the interior of Cuba. And when we were little, uh, my father was promoted to Havana, so our family moved. And uh, what was that? That branch was at uh, 23 and N, right? Was that the branch? Yeah, it was in the, in the lado, very close to uh, Radio Radio Centro, okay. uh, the most the most important uh, uh, radio station in, in Cuba. Right, right, exactly. That's right. So anyway, well, what an incredible coincidence uh, that is. And now over over time, I've become one of your subscribers, and I I get your poetry, and I and I really enjoy your poetry very much. And today, you're going to be uh, sharing with us some of your poetry, very moving poetry uh, of your Cuban experience. But I want to begin uh, with a very simple question. Castillo Gregorich is not exactly uh, a very Spanish no. name. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about uh, no, no, it, your heritage. It, 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 no, it's not. My grandfather was a German. Uh, he was in the military, in the German army. And then he moved to Spain. Then he had uh, he had children in Spain, and one of them, my uh, my great grandfather, moved to Cuba, married a Cuban lady. So uh, that's a part of the story of the history uh, of my family. They, they are uh, German, uh, one generation of uh, Spaniards, and, and then I was born in Cuba, naturally. I came here to the United States in 1961 with my wife, and I four months old daughter, uh, Daphne. That's uh, right. So. And, and it, it, it happened that uh, the airplane we came in uh, was a Peter Pan, was full of children uh, traveling in that plane coming, uh, coming to, the, to uh, the United States. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that when we uh, when we read your your poetry. But I, I just wanted to, to, to for people, you know, a lot of people see your name and they go, <laughs> this, this, this fellow, right, not a Cuban name. But I think it also speaks, it also speaks about uh, something that a lot of people don't know, and that is how diverse Cuba was. And oh, yeah. uh, that there were many, many people in Cuba who, you know, a lot of pe people like me, of course, you know, we, we trace our heritage to Spain. And I would think most Cubans are probably in that category. But there are people like you and lots of others in Cuba whose families came to Cuba, as was your case, from Germany. And, and I think it speaks volumes about the diversity of Cuba. I think you would agree with that. Well, yes. Uh, naturally, I don't know if you know that um, at the time I lived, uh, one and a half percent of the Cuban population were Chinese. Talking about people from different countries, from China. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, now that you mentioned that, now that you mentioned that one and a half percent, that's a pretty big segment of the population. Um, now that you mentioned that, my father tells me the story that not too far from. I'm not sure what branch he was working at at the time, whether it was the one, I'm not sure, but there's somewhere not far from where he was working, 
there was a Chinese bank of, of people, Chinese people. Oh, yeah, the, with, the, the Bank of China. The Bank of China, yeah. And, the, and that was a... It had a big uh, flag uh, with the uh, uh, Chan Kaisei. Right. So it's more the, the for, for just for some of the listeners who may not know, it was Taiwan, the China we're talking about here, is Taiwan, Taiwan, not, not the, communist the, China, not, not communist, communist China. No, I, right, it was Taiwan. And of course, uh, Formosa, yeah, Formosa and then Taiwan. And I'm, I'm, my dad tells me, and, and again, I haven't talked to my dad about this in a long time, but he said that many Chinese people would send money back to China, right? They would work in Cuba and send money back to China. That, that's what I understand. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the same way, the same thing that many humans are doing today. Right. Uh, that money was, was going to uh, Taiwan. It wasn't going to the, to right China. Right, exactly. It was going to Taiwan, Formosa, or Chiang Kai-shek, of course, was the, yes. the leader. Well, the Bank of China was one of the first nationalized when the uh, revolution took over, you know? Interesting. Interesting detail, interesting detail. Uh, but I, again, you know, it, it just shows you the diversity of Cuba, which is something that a lot of people don't know, don't know about. Well, I tell you what, you have selected three poems that you're going to share with us today. I'm very excited uh, about them. But before I, I ask you to share them, tell me, how did you get into into poetry? I understand that this is something you started doing after you retired. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. I started in 2002, uh, sometime after I retired. How? I don't really know. I started writing, and I have written, up to this day, 636 points. Wow. I have now, published now, a couple of books. I have two books that I, I published, and uh, what else can I tell you? Yes. Uh, let me. Let, no, no, that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. But I, I, I also want to say that uh, you you spent before you you retired when you left Cuba and you came to the United States. Uh, you were a banker, so you worked in yes, banking. I have been uh, uh, in the banking industry all my life. All your life, yeah. So, like my father, you were a, a banker and uh, and eventually retired and decided to to start writing this wonderful poetry that uh, you send us. Uh, you, you see, you have like 2,000 people who read your poems. That's amazing. Uh, yes, about 2,000 people, yes. I, wow. uh, I am uh, one of my poems uh, uh, via electronic mail to uh, every other day uh, to about about 2,000 people, yes. It takes, I mean, wow. it takes me about an hour to do that. I mean, it's a <laughs> process. But I have to send, uh, send in... Uh, small portion of them, a hundred at a time. Yeah, because because of the different uh, different systems. Uh, that, yes, that is I mean, really... They, uh, um, they, they, these companies, uh, Yahoo and uh, Google Mail, they limit the amount right. of uh, messages that you can send out, you see. Exactly, yeah. The distribution, so they, they, yeah, they, they, they limit your distribution. But anyway, now another thing I want to point out to the audience, uh, and this happened to me, uh, this happened to me by surprise. But one day I was looking uh, in in YouTube, and I I saw this uh, very pretty Cuban song. I think it was uh, actually written by or performed 
by uh, Eduardo. Is it Eduardo Chia or is it uh, the the pianist? Uh, can't think of the uh, name right. Uh, Enrique yeah, Chia. Enrique Chia, right? Who who is a Enrique very popular. Chia. That's right. Who's very, a very popular. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good pianist. Uh, he does some beautiful arrangements, and oh, he yeah. had he had one of your poems, uh, or. I guess a lady by the name of Emma, right? Emma had, had mixed. Emma, Emma is one of the ladies that uh, prepared my uh, PowerPoint presentations. Okay. And she uses Chia as the background music for that particular particular uh, PowerPoint presentation. Well, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. That one, it was uh, it was one of your poems about Cuba, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought the melody was beautiful. I thought the whole thing was beautiful, and I just wanted to let you know that that uh, I, I put it in Facebook because I was so impressed uh, with they do, your... They do uh, a great job. Uh, there are several uh, Cuban ladies that uh, they helped me on that. Great. Well, it sounds like they do a great job for you. Um, now, they, are, they are very good. They are very they good. They are very good. They do. The, and this lady, Emma, in particular, I can't think of her last name right now, but Emma was... Uh, Emma what is her name? Ayu. That's it. Emma you, right? Ayu. And they did a beautiful job in connecting they your... Are great. They are great. Yeah, they, they really they are do nice. a beautiful job. And, and tell them they to keep nice. it up because... Tell them to keep it up because I like it. I mean, I think it's really good work that they're, they're doing. Now, let's begin. Uh, as I said, we have three poems that we're going to hear from you. And for the audience, uh, let me just explain. We're going to hear the, the poem originally in Spanish because uh, it, it's, it's, it, you cannot change poetry. I mean, it, it loses something. So we're going to hear it in Spanish, and then we're going to talk about the poem. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about the poem after Castulo reads uh, the first one. Now, the first one you've selected is one called El Desterrado, right? Yes. So please, yeah, and, and this is, uh, that means the vanished. So please read that one for us. Okay. El Desterrado. Triste vida la del desterrado que deambula sin rumbo por caminos vagos, sin saber con certeza cuántos son los años cañorando su tierra y escondiendo su llanto. Vivirá en un exilio el que ha sido forzado, vivirá en un exilio por él nunca planeado. Pasan por su vida años muy nostálgicos, muchísimos más que los esperados. Los tristes recuerdos los hacen más agrios, oprimir el alma, sollozando a rato, arrastrando penas que producen llanto, mientras que en misericordia se sigue alargando la triste estadía en país extraño. A veces parece que se ha acostumbrado a vivir conforme en un suelo raro, que lo ha recogido y al que ha respetado. Mas, sin embargo, en su fuero interno nunca lo ha aceptado. No es ingratitud del sentir humano de quien consigo lleva un corazón dañado por la inmensa pérdida del país amado y cuya única cura es volver al seno de esa patria bella que nunca he olvidado. Obviously, since I speak Spanish, I was able to, to capture. But what you're talking here is 
the the loss you're you know for losing Cuba is a, actually, actually a personal. Actually, it, it, it's the way uh, somebody has to leave uh, his country, right? Uh, and he didn't want to. The, the way the, the, the way the way you feel, the way I feel, the way any Cuban or the, any individual from any other country that has to leave, uh, they feel. So, right, and and this is very particular, I think, and this is something that that uh, people need to understand about the Cuban immigrants. That uh, the Cuban immigrants uh, left Cuba, um, and but but I think they really like that song, you know, "Cuando Salí de Cuba." I think they really left behind uh, something because uh, they they left because their country was taken from them, kind of. So um, so it was a a very very uh, painful. I know for. Uh, for every Cuban of your generation who left, and of course we were the luck, we were the kids who you know came later or came with our parents. In some cases, without our parents, but nevertheless, uh, I, I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful one. Just a heads up for the audience: we're going to be chatting with Fernando, uh, Fernando Hernandez after our segment with Castulo, and we're going to be talking about his new book, uh, "The Cubans' Footprints in America." So that's going to be also a great uh, segment coming up now. Let's go to your next poem. Now, this this one is called Aquella Triste Mañana, That Very Sad Morning. And that was the morning you left Cuba. And you left Cuba, as you told us, uh, with your wife. With a wife and, 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 and a daughter, daughter. who's four months old. I had just been born one, four months before. One day old. And uh, as I understand, she was your little daughter was screaming in the whole flight, you know. She was, she was screaming and crying all the time, I mean, for right. 45 minutes, the length of the uh, trip. Yeah, that thing, who knows, you know, who knows what her emotions were, were saying, but I'm sure, I'm sure your poor wife had to deal with that during the whole flight. Uh, and uh, tell, it, it, was a, it, it was a very traumatic experience, I think. You went through that, all that so anyway. You yeah, know I did, it. and I did, but I think it's a little bit different. I think you would agree with me that it's a little bit different when you're an adult, because you have a lot more that you're leaving behind when you're an adult. I it mean, is, I, it is. I mean, I'm not saying that it was the, I mean, it's always difficult, but I'm just saying in your case, I think that as an adult, uh, you were a young man in your early twenties, uh, had a wife and a brand new baby. And I'm sure the last thing you thought when you were a young man was that you would be leaving, uh, Cuba, you know, as is the case with so many of the Cubans who came, but why don't you read that one? Aquella triste mañana, which means that sad morning. Okay. Uh, aquella triste mañana. Aquella triste mañana de Cuba me despedía. Aquella triste mañana de su regazo partía. Aquella triste mañana mi alma se deshacía. Aquella triste mañana de carbón y de cenizas. Aquella triste mañana de mi tierra yo me iba. Aquella triste mañana sin saber si volvería. Aquella triste mañana una muy triste en mi vida. Aquella triste mañana la que nunca olvidaría. Aquella triste mañana tierra extraña me iría. Aquella triste mañana huyendo de la injusticia. Aquella triste mañana con mi esposa y con mi hija. Aquella triste mañana nuestros padres no venían. Aquella triste mañana dolorosa en demasía. Aquella triste mañana no creo la merecía. Aquella triste mañana marcada quedó en mi vida. Aquella triste mañana clavada como una espina. Wow. Uh... That's uh, that's absolutely uh, beautiful, and I think it 
that poem really reflects uh, your pain that you were suffering that day. And it was kind of, it must have been a dilemma in a way. And on one hand, you knew that freedom was on the other side. I mean, it's like when the, you were in a plane and you were leaving, you were in the airport, and you kind of knew that freedom was on the other side. But it was very difficult to leave your, your country, isn't it? Not only that, is that you do not know what to expect. Right, that's a good point. What the future is going to be. I mean, your responsibility toward your family and yourself. Um, it is uh, very traumatic. Uh, well, no, no, you're exactly you went, right. You, you went through that, but you were you, you were a child. Probably you exactly. I was I, I was uh, uh, I, I was twelve when I left, but but I know that that's no, 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 yes. I, I, yeah, were, I mean, I left a few years after you, but I'm just saying that sense of responsibility uh, of you uh, and and you. I think you explained it so well. You know, you knew that. You know, you knew that you were leaving a country in trouble. You were going to another country. There was freedom on the other side, but you had no idea what was on the other side. I mean, you were hoping for oh, the it best. Was my first, it was my first trip to the United States. Um, wow. we, we, we stayed for a few months in South, uh, in South Miami, and mm-hmm. then we went to Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. <laughs> then, <laughs> then everything was uh, different. Everything was different. So we have you to need to write a book. You need to write a book called Cubanos in Kansas City. <laughs> maybe one day. Uh, maybe, maybe one day you know, write a book. I, I, our son was, was born there in Kansas City. My right. No, I, I think that, you know, if, I, I suspect that Kansas City had some pretty tough winters, just like Wisconsin. But Wisconsin it, did it, not. It, it, but you know what? Uh, people are so nice. I mean, people were so good to us that uh, uh, it was worth it. I mean, no, we, I we, we really knew the, the Americans, the real Americans right there in the, heart of, in the heart of the United States. Right. Uh, so it was a good experience and uh, we are glad that we did it. Right. No, no. And, and, and I, I say the same thing in my book. There were so many nice people that, that helped us along the way. Now, the last poem, we selected this one, uh, well, to some degree, because our next guest is a Pedro Pan. Uh, Fernando Hernandez is uh, one of the many kids who came on, on Pedro Pan. And you were explaining to me that the day you left Cuba with your wife and baby, that the plane was full of kids, Pedro Pan kids who were leaving Cuba. This would have been, what, July 61, something like that, when you left? It was, uh, let, let's say, August. August 61, okay. August 1961. Yes. So uh, you were in, in, at the middle at the middle of the of the you know of, of the, the the Peter Pan program for about two years until the until the missile right. crisis, and yes. so you were in the middle of it. At least so, 15,000 15, kids. That, uh, that's right. That's right. That left Cuba, and uh, we you know in fact one of them is coming up in our next segment. Uh, Fernando Hernandez, uh, the author of the the book we're going to talk about today, the Cubans footprint in America. But um, let's get back. I mean, this is so amazing. You and your wife and this little baby are in a plane. And how many Pedro Pan kids would you say were in the plane? Well, uh, I couldn't tell you. It was a uh, five, was six, a big, ten. Bigger plane. Uh, m- most of the, uh, most were children. Most of the uh, uh, passengers. The passengers were children. Yes. Wow. Amazing, so, and uh, and you said that there were there was a nun with him, right? 
was a nun that I could remember, and maybe two or three Cuban ladies, maybe two. Wow. And they were the, taking care of the children, and they were, some of them right. were pretty old, were pretty right, young. Right. I mean, it is no, very, very, very sad. No, I know some of the kids uh, who left uh, under Pedro Pan were very young children. I mean, we some I mean, of we'll them never, never met their parents again. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's the tragedy of Pedro Pan and for so many of them. But read, read that poem. It's called Pedro Pan. Why don't you read that? It's called Pedro Pan. Me acuerdo cuando partimos y nuestra tierra dejamos. Me acuerdo de aquellos niños que no iban acompañados. Aquellos niños que solo marchaban a un mundo raro. Se alejaron de sus padres que trataban de salvarlos con gran dolor de sus almas de aquel sistema malvado, guardando aquella esperanza de algún día verse aunados. Miles y miles partieron en un viaje inesperado que los llevaba a otras tierras de sus padres separados, hacia aquel destino incierto, en vuelo desesperado. Incierto de aquel futuro al que se vieron forzados por circunstancias adversas que tantas vidas cambiaron, destruyendo a la familia en giro desafortunado. Hijos que más nunca vieron a los padres que dejaron. Muchos padres que murieron de sus hijos alejados. Niños que lejos crecieron. Corazones destrozados. Triste, triste la partida de niños desamparados. Sufridas fueron las vidas de aquellos padres cubanos que decidieron perderlos antes que verlos esclavos. Niños que se hicieron hombres creciendo en un mundo extraño, en una patria adoptiva con la que nunca soñaron, con familias sustitutas con las que nunca contaron. Muchas lágrimas vertidas, vertidas por ambos lados. Los niños que se marcharon, los padres que se quedaron, sufridos todos aquellos que nunca más se encontraron. Allá en mi tierra quedaron los padres sacrificados, extrañando a aquellos niños que al destierro ellos mandaron. De haberse quedado en Cuba, se los hubiesen quitado. Alejados padre e hijos, el peor de los calvarios. Wow. What an amazing, uh, what an amazing poem. And, and I think people could hear in your voice uh, the emotion you're talking about these kids who are separated from their parents. Uh, the parents have to make a very difficult choice of, 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 of you know, putting those kids in a, in a plane. Go ahead. If you, yeah, uh, some of my readers, they tell me, I cry when I read your poems. And I tell you, you have to cry because when I write it, I cry. Well, I can understand why. I can understand why, because the, the, the poetry, I mean, I get them every day practically from you. And uh, and they're they're fabulous. The three that you selected today, of course, are very moving because they have to do with your Cuban-American experience. But this one for Pedro Pan, I mean, this is a beauty. And uh, now you were telling me that uh, one more thing before we we finish. You were telling me that the Pedro Pan group in California has used your poem, right? Yes, they uh, they are using it. It's kind of a uh, what can I tell you? Un himno. <laughs> For right. them and like an answer, they, yeah. uh, we, we gave it to them. Yes, of course. Yeah. And if right. the one in if the one in Miami, they want it. I will be yeah. I will be glad to give it to them. Well, we'll we'll see if we can arrange that. Uh, I know our next guest, Fernando, may have some thoughts on on that uh, particular issue. I'll put you in touch with him. But uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much for for joining us today because this is very good poetry and. Uh, when you, when you when you write about the Cuban experience, uh, it's just absolutely moving and beautiful, and I can understand why so many people 
love your poem. As I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, you and I had a meeting. <laughs> it's one of those meetings of fate. Many, many years ago, when, when you were uh, a young banker uh, in the bank that my father used to manage and, or the branch. And, uh, well, he was either the manager or the assistant manager. I don't remember, but that doesn't matter. But you were one of the young bankers there. And I write in my book, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, that my, my mom took us one time to the, or several times she took us to the branch. And little did I realize, or you realize, or anybody realize, is that this young banker who was working there that afternoon someday would be a guest on my show. And I guess that's the beauty of, of this segment that uh, you and I actually had met before many, many years ago, and now have been reconnected through your, through your poetry. And I know, I know your, I know my father loves your poems and he sends you his best regards and, uh, my mom, the same. And I just want to tell you, uh, it is really an honor to have you today. And, and I have a link to Facebook on your show and on the show information. And maybe, uh, anybody in Facebook wants to become your friend and get some of these poems and uh, or maybe write to you and see how you can get more poems so anyway i just uh, i want to congratulate you really i, I think you are a but I, a wonderful poet before before we finish i uh, sure. i want to tell you that i really appreciate that uh, you have uh, invited me to your program and as soon as i have that information that you will be sending me i will uh, distribute it among all my readers so well then that then, means that this is going to be the most listened to show in the history because you have so many readers <laughs> that you know it's half of the exilio reads your poems so i'm going to have well, a lot you, of you, you know my my poems have uh, you know i i i send them as far as australia north africa sweden spain england Ireland. i have uh, all over the world even the Soviet Union one time. No, it's not the Soviet Union anymore. Well, right. But I remember yeah. a Cuban uh, living in the Soviet Union insulted me <laughs> because of one of my poems. Oh. So he didn't like what? Well, that's okay. Don't worry about that. You know, <laughs> no, we no, have no, I was very happy when I received that insult. Because <laughs> that meant that. You know, we can... We, we don't have to worry about that, but Castulo Gregorich is your name, uh, not a very Spanish name, but of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you have German heritage, your grandfather, great-grandfather uh, was from Germany and you settled in Cuba, and I just want to tell you what a wonderful feeling it is to have you today, and, and you have a wonderful day, and keep writing those poems, because they really touch uh, so many of us, so thank you so much for uh, being on our show today. Thanks to you, Sylvia. There you have it, folks. Uh, we recorded that, uh, as I say, several years ago. And it's one of my, I have to tell you, I've done a bunch of these interviews. And it's one of my favorite interviews because uh, this is a man who decided to deal with the anguish of leaving the homeland, Cuba. And he deals with it by writing poetry. He still does. Now, this interview is a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if he's writing as much every day because he's probably, uh, uh, yeah, I would think he's a man in his late 80s by now. But uh, he, you know, he continues to to write these poems and he continues to touch a lot of people. And it's just a fascinating, fascinating interview. It's one of the ones I love the most, doing the most uh, on these podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And until the next time, 
Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everybody.